Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Light Reading Podcast. My name is Phil Harvey, and I am an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser, and I'm also an editor at Light Reading. And I am Chris Pearson. I'm president of 5G Americas, the voice of 5G for the Americas region. Not only that, Chris, but you are my go-to uh, industry summary guy at the big 5G event. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the, me. The, 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 the man who sets up the whole conference. Like, here's here's what's going on in the whole doggone industry. So it, <laughs> it, um, I, I always appreciate your uh, uh your your industry overview and also the enthusiasm that you bring to the stage because yes. I this is as animated as I ever get which makes it very challenging for people who are sleepy <laughs> and trying to watch a conference they're like oh my gosh this guy's like uh you know like Stephen Wright in the library he's just he's just he's yeah. just, it's very monotone but you you have a you have great inflection you have great energy you actually move around the stage I stay nailed to the podium uh, yeah. it's it's a contrast in styles that works really well for me. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. And I always appreciate uh, addressing the audience uh, with really the, you know, the state of the 5G, where we're at, where we're going. And, and so it's always a lot of fun to be up there and uh, see people live in the audience again and, yeah. and, uh, and to work with uh, you and Kelsey and, and, and the entire team. I almost feel like asking them to, uh, uh, to go ahead and keep, you know, even though it's technically it's rude to be on your phone while somebody's talking, but I feel like in a big 5G event, I just say, keep on using your phones because we know you're connected and that's a good thing. <laughs> just, yeah, absolutely. You know, you know that, um, that's what, that's one of the things that's always interesting when you're, you're speaking, you know, uh, our industry that we're growing and continue to grow with 5G, um, you want people to use their phone for pretty much everything. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's always tough that, you know, when you say, uh, you know, please turn down your phone or turn off your phone. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I'm it's like, it's, nah, it's not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the big five um, event uh, conference, it's, it's, uh, like I said, the, you and, and the entire, uh, Informa team, uh, everyone, everyone does a great job on it. Well, thanks for that. And I do, I do want to, um, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is first of all, just to give, uh, us a quick, you know, those are, because if you didn't go to the event, if you didn't have a chance to get there in person, um, you know, you picked up on, uh, first of all, uh, some, some items that, you know, that might surprise people on just the sheer growth of 5G, not just, you know, in the Americas, but also worldwide. Can you give us an overview of like, just how much this is proliferated and how, how much this network evolution is kind of catching on? Yeah, this uh, this is really catching on big as far as uh, you know the progress of five G. Um, I mean, I I'll say that you know we're we're still in our early innings of the uh, nine inning baseball game, but the progress has been phenomenal. If you look at you know things like five G connections as an example, uh, end of first quarter twenty twenty two, you're looking at uh, seven hundred and one million. Uh, you know, as far as that 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 growth. Uh, in North America, you know, 82 million, um, and, and this is these 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 things are going to continue to progress. I mean, our the Omdia, uh, you know, forecast. I mean, for global forecast by 2026 year end is 4.8 billion, and we focus, you know, on the Americas region, which is North America and Latin America. North America looks at having 512 million connections by 2026. And uh, Latin America area, 307 million. So when you start to think about just the sheer numbers of 5G connections and the growth, um, I think the industry is progressing super fast. And 
And those connections happen because of the deployment curve and the fact that more and more deployments are happening. And we're, uh, you know, by our tracking and and working with our partner, uh, we're looking at, you know, 223 global 5G deployments based on the 3G, 3G PP technology standard. And that's going to increase by the end of this year to 316. So, yeah, I think, you know, trying to set the stage for the conference, the, we're in a great industry. Uh, we're making progress. Yeah, sure. There's some challenges out there, but there's just a, a lot of progress happening, too. Yeah. And the, uh, the, the, in, the, in the Americas, especially with uh, carriers um, kind of, you know, I would say, technologically and philosophically pivoting hard toward mid-band spectrum. You know, at first they were all about talking up MM wave and kind of short reach, but high band, high throughput uh, 5G uh, uh-huh. uh, applications, which we will need. And those are getting built out, of course, at, as well. But um, the, 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 the emphasis in the past few months to mid-band spectrum has really um, connected a lot more people a lot more quickly and maybe mm-hmm. they're not getting the eye popping numbers, but they're getting that steady, uh, throughput, you know, yep. following them around. And, and that's where I really think the, 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 uh, mobile applications will start to take advantage of more of that is that, yeah. is that now, now that, now that it's not just something that's in, uh, uh, you know, if you're standing under a particular street light in a particular city, but it's something that's like, oh, this is hitting me while I'm driving down the highway, while I'm on the train, while I'm, you know, walking around town, that that makes it a lot, uh, I guess, a lot more real for people. But it also, like I said, I think it gets developers excited because they, they start looking at this and going, OK, now we can really build something that, you know, takes advantage of that little extra uh, upload speed, that little, you know, that significant down downstream. Uh, right. Yeah, it really, really wasn't a question, was it? I just, I just kind of. <laughs> well, no, I would agree. It. I mean, at Spectrum, um, you know, and I said it in my uh, big 5G uh, keynote, what, you know, Spectrum is still the lifeblood of the industry. And it does actually, um, you know, even get into what you have in your Spectrum portfolio and Spectrum assets influences, you know, maybe even what your strategy would be from an operator, whether it's in North America, Latin America or Europe or, or Asia. I mean, um, you know, we. In the United States, for example, we're a leader in the millimeter wave, the higher side, um, in identifying it and allocating it, getting out to the marketplace. But, you know, we all know, I think, and you just touched upon it, you're going to need all the spectrum, um, whether it's low, mid or high, to really reach the, reach the potential of 5G and, and, and get to those use cases that we all want to see. And having mid-band uh, more available and more into the deployed in the marketplace is just going to make everyone better when it comes to 5g yeah and um shifting gears a little bit i i think if we had our bingo card out um private networks (laughs) would (laughs) kind of fill that one up um in in terms of what we heard a lot about at the conference um what are your thoughts on uh, you know how our 5g private networks um, going to be different and perhaps um, open up new, I guess, revenue streams, both for operators, but also for their enterprise customers? Yeah, I think there's uh, there's a big opportunity and there was uh, quite a few sessions uh, at, at the conference about it too. You know, if you, if, if you consider that, you know, when 5G was developed, as far as a standard, we were looking at 
you know, addressing new use cases. And, you know, part of that is the, that private enterprise marketplace, which, you know, again, depending on which consultancy or analyst firm, um, you're looking at, you know, uh, you know, really about a $2 billion, um, excuse me, not a $2 billion, uh, billions and billions of dollars as far as an opportunity in the future. And I think that when you, when you have 5G and, these carriers that are and vendors that are going out there and starting to talk to the enterprise use case uh, customers, they're starting to see, well, you know, this mobile wireless technology is different. It's different than 3G and 4G, and it's different from so many aspects of how it functions, but also just the, the amount of spectrum that it has access to now, uh, just as Phil had mentioned. So, um, you know, the market, the market is, I think, going to be uh, very large for the, the private enterprise, but it's really in the in the beginning phases. Um, there's various, you know, kind of forecast of it. Where again, it's uh, you know in the in the billions of dollars, and how it's addressed is not necessarily straightforward. So it's a it's a lot different than um, you know, kind of historically. If you look at you know you know 2G, 3G, 4G, I go into a retail store, I get my brilliant you know great latest smartphone and I'm off and running. Or if I am an enterprise user, um, my account manager comes and they talk about the newest devices, what we have, how it's going to help, things like that. When you start to think of a private enterprise use case, the, the, the sales cycle and the strategic process of working with an enterprise customer or manufacturer, or I even I even consider you know even cities as possible you know what would be considered private enterprise opportunities. Um, this is a, going to take us longer. So even though I love seeing those forecasts of billions and billions of dollars um, mm-hmm. are are the opportunity in private enterprise, I think we're in the early stages of that kind of long cycle of working with the, the enterprise. But, you know, and, and I think enterprise, private enterprise sometimes um, really is a, a kind of a very short description of really what the opportunity is when it just comes to, you know, things like, you know, enterprise, uh, you know, smart cities, uh, manufacturing, all these types of things that, you know, you know, maybe not be the standard definition of private enterprise, but certainly uh, would get my attention if I was a carrier or a vendor looking to grow this market. Yeah, I think especially in the smart city stuff, it's really not going to get going uh, until it becomes a little more a little more mainstream. But it's nice to see that that uh, city leaders and and uh, and and also application providers are already thinking through specific use cases and trying to get out there and test them and, you know, putting together the resources so that folks can see what, what the technology could possibly unlock or how it could make things a little bit uh, different. Yeah. Um, so, so I that, mean, and, that's and, all. And like I said, the, I, I love seeing the forecast and I, and I think it's just going to take time to get there, but I've seen forecasts uh, even up to like a, you know, a $14 billion opportunity by, by 2028. Uh, so there are, a lot of um, people that are very bullish on this marketplace. Yeah, yeah understandably so. I mean, I, I think um, I, I think one of the things that five G, you know, if you know, putting putting aside the hype of speeds and feeds, you know, I think I think overall it'll be it'll mean more like every generation of uh, the mobile uh, sort of ecosystem has has been since you know, I can remember is each, each new generation enables uh, a more reliable connection 
and uh, uh, kind of a more sturdy connection, if you will, with better security and that sort of thing. Uh Um, 5G, of course, takes that, you know, up a up a notch significantly. But what it also does, I think, is it it enables us to connect, um, you know, people in different ways than we could before because of the high bandwidth uh, capability and the, the fact that it integrates so well into other types of networks. So I'll give you two examples and they're both kind of related, which is, and I, and I definitely wanted to get your, your feedback on this is, you know, 5G, uh, first of all, is a use case for, uh, for fixed wireless at home, you know, connecting people that can't be reached directly with fiber on the digital divide side, and then also on the digital divide side, but all kinds of other applications is the whole satellite industry. Um, you know, earlier this year, I went to a satellite conference and it was basically a 5G conference in disguise. They were talking about 5G nonstop. They were incredibly excited about some of the integration opportunities there. Um, mm-hmm. from, from from your vantage point, what are you seeing on the, on the satellite side and on the digital divide side is like um, kind of breakthroughs or, uh, I guess mile markers we can look forward to. Yeah. So, so I think on the on the fixed wireless side, I think you know we, yeah, I have uh, you know two teenage kids, you know, and, and how they access and and uh, you know access their information and even watch videos and things. It's it's yeah. really you know it's, it's less about being in front of a box like we're all used to on TV, uh, and more about be, having a screen. Uh, of any sort, whether it's a smartphone or even their computer. So, right. um, you know, that's one side of the fixed wireless access where you're bringing in competition to lots of areas that w- there was no competition before. But the other thing I think was really important that you mentioned is, is you know, bridging the digital divide and, and providing you know, access where there's no fiber uh, right now and things like that. And that's and I think that's key. I mean, I think you're going to see the fixed wireless access market um, maybe not be pigeonholed like it was in the past where it's this or it's this but more of yeah you know yeah this can provide competition to you know, other broadband providers uh, in in a city or a, a town uh, yes it can provide opportunities for digital divide in the rural areas that haven't been addressed because it's too costly to have fiber Um you know, these are the you know various types of things that can happen with fixed wireless access. I would say, because it's in the news in the last two weeks, is you know the the latest program um, that's been you know the Beads program, which is the the federal funding, which is billions of dollars. Um, you know, there was some opportunity for fixed wireless access with five G listed, but um, you know we were we you know as a as an industry, I think. Uh, and CTIA made a pretty strong statement about. It. I think we were hoping for more opportunity uh, in the in the in, in, in at least the rules that have been provided so far. Uh, but there is the states uh, that have some leeway um, in those rules to look at the most efficient way to really provide great broadband service, and uh, and hopefully that will include more five G uh, services because we know five G is very efficient on deployment. Um, yeah. So that 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 definitely is one of the areas. So um, and then on satellite, I'll do, I, I would add this. I think with the satellite community in the past, um, you know, they they have needed in in essence, uh, you know, a standard process that would include five G type of things. And that's why I think it is exciting to see them more involved at three GPP in the standards process and to see better integration 
with uh, you know non what we call non-terrestrial uh, into the three GPP standards and the five G. Five G Americas actually wrote a paper at the uh, last year about this because it is kind of a new era of that. And then you know what, what happens I think with the satellite folks and five G and what will really be you know where the rubber meets the road will just be probably you know the economics of it again, right? Um, and the economics. Uh, appear to be improving, but it'll be some strategic commercial decisions, which, you know, 5G Americas can't get involved with uh, be, by the operators and the device guys about, you know, how do we how do we handle this from a investment and return on investment uh, and economies of scale and scope to make satellite more integrated or not. And those decisions are, again, really not at the standards level and they're not at the association level because of antitrust. They'll be at the carrier and the vendor and chipset uh, level. So it should be an interesting time, though, that, like you said, the, it's definitely uh, a lot different than, you know, I've been in the industry a long time, 10 or 20 years ago, when a lot of satellite guys were just doing proprietary uh, networks, and that was yeah. it, you know? So things have changed yeah. a lot. I, I think they see the 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 uh, the opportunity, especially in the IoT market, you know, yep. where yep. 5G is just going to enable this explosion of uh you know, devices to be connected to single, uh, you know, a single uh, uh, tower and that sort of thing. And they are, you know, experts in the IoT market already. Um, and I think they're going to find ways to work with <laughs> work yeah. with that capacity. And some of them already have and have announced deals and stuff, but it's like they can, you know, work with the carriers, have, have interesting relationships where they're, uh, where their networks are a lot more integrated, uh, you know, at the ground level so that, um, you know, they can accommodate, uh, on both, on both sides, you know, they can sell to businesses, you know, a complete package for IOT, you know, not just, not just yeah. throughput, uh, when and where you need it, but also just the ability to never lose connectivity, no matter where in the world something goes, which I think yeah. would be interesting. Yeah. should be interesting. I think it's a whole, kind of the, a whole new page in the satellite side integration with the 5G side. So we'll, we'll see, you know, where it can lead us. Um, but definitely the foundation is being set from a standard side. Excellent. Uh, Kelsey, uh, last question. And then we'll, uh, we, we, you know, Chris has got some, he's got an entire industry to watch, so we got to let him get back to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just imagining you with like six computers, like it's like the nine one one operators. But you know, I, I think when um, we're initially talking about 5g, there was a lot of hype around, um, you know, like, low latency and autonomous vehicles. And we keep hearing about the like robotic surgery and, and things like that. But um, ha has the industry gotten, I don't know, maybe a little bit more realistic about what their expectations are for 5G? Like, ha has it changed at all? I mean, I, I really don't think we're going to see or do we really need robotic surgery? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, think, I think that was a use case that got uh, a, a, a lot of publicity for a yeah. long time. I wasn't one of them that uh, was out there counting uh, my fist for it. I've had some, uh, you know, various surgeries, including knee surgery and everything else. And, yeah. and I'm fine with the uh, surgeon being right there. But that's not always the case, as we know. <laughs> Um, there are there are applications for that. So, um, but uh, we'll we'll see as they come. But yeah, I think the I think the the industry um, you know overall has learned that you know five G is going to have a lot of use cases, and 
Um, we can talk about that in general, but uh, you know, it, it takes time for almost all of these. Um, and I think what happens is if you think about, you know, in, even in my speech at the Big Five G conference, is uh, you know, if it's a nine inning baseball game, we're we're probably in just like the, about the fourth inning. Uh, and some people would say, no, we're in the third inning or so, because we're getting out the, the you know, that, you know, the, 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 really we're getting out the, the networks in, in the appropriate manner. We're getting larger deployments. We're getting uh, the latest technical features listed. And and really what and what Phil said was we're getting the spectrum out. Right. And that and that's it, it takes you know, it, it takes a village <laughs> of of different technology uh, areas to make this reach its potential. So I think the industry has learned um, about that it's going to take time and that uh, that we're continuing to make progress. I mean, we're in a great industry. I mean, when somebody needs your product or service like the world needs ours, um, it just equals opportunity. And, and that opportunity is in front of us as an industry. And um, there will be lots of use cases. And, and I am I am bullish on the opportunity for 5G, but it will take a while. And yeah, will remote surgery be one? Um, it, you know, it could be, but it's not something I pound my fist for. Um, but you know, there there are announcements even on that in the last uh, you know f- few months. Huh? So, uh, but if you have a surgeon right in front of you, I'm sure you're going to ask them to do it. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, no no work for no work from home from surgeons. But if you're in a battlefield or you're in a remote rural area and you need someone to do something fast i mean you know and i will say this i mean i do believe 5g with all its capabilities will help healthcare industry and telehealth and we've already seen some of this uh in this forced experiment of the COVID 19 work from home work from anywhere where people are accessing their healthcare provider uh over video um over or using sensors that are now available so there, there's a lot of opportunity in that industry, um, so so I don't want to discount that. But there'll be a lot of opportunity in lots of industries, and I think our as a wireless community, we've done a little bit better job of of saying, yeah, it's going to take time, but we're going to get there. Yeah, the um, uh, on the telehealth note, uh, it has completely changed at, in my family, like how we think of going to the doctor, um, because yeah. we will, we now will sort of assess ourselves whether or not we we should physically go to the office because the telehealth service has been so good and right. so you know and they're and they're completely like especially across these health insurance networks as as awful as health insurance <laughs> coverage can be sometimes so the, they'll go ahead and connect you like directly to pharmacies and stuff like that so that like there's very little that you have to do in terms of accessing, you know, their facility or going to their office or being in their waiting room or whatever. And so for, um, you know, I don't know, for 80% of the things that the run of the mill person, uh, you know, relatively healthy person has to deal with, you can just take care of it right there on a screen. And that has, that has definitely changed. I think, you know, in my family alone, like we've, we've only really made a couple of in-person appointments in the last couple of years. Yeah, all. and that's and, and that's the straightforward stuff. I mean, if you start thinking mm-hmm. about the sensors and different things that can be included for um, to make us all in be- you know better health and better condition, whatever. Um, yeah. there's a great opportunity. So, so I just yeah. think um, you know, Kelsey, get back to your question. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of opportunity. I think our industry 
has learned to be um, a little more careful in, in their for, forecast or prediction on which industry is going to be, you know, the biggest and the best and things like that. And But I do say, you know, it all, all leads to 5G equals opportunity for sure. Yeah. That sounds, sounds good. good. Yeah. All right, uh, Chris, thanks so much. I think that's a great place to leave it. We will uh, uh, we will speak to you next time. And of course, we'll see you at, uh, at various events all over uh, and around uh, the industry. Uh, thanks so much for being on the Light Reading Podcast. Well, thank you. I always appreciate talking to you and uh, have a great day. 